This is a Detail Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 59th Annual Golden Gun Awards, coming to you live from the historic MI6 Theater in downtown London. In 1962, Dr. No was released and kicked off a series of films that continues to this day. It is estimated that since Dr. No, a quarter of the world's population have seen at least one Bond film. As the first film in the series, a number of elements of Dr. No were contributors to subsequent films, including the over-the-top villain, the alluring Bond girl, and Maurice Bender's gun barrel sequence. This week, we're awarding the best in all of these categories and many, many more. So let's get to it. Hello and welcome to Drinking Geek Out. I am the head of MI6, Dustin Finez. Alongside me is... <laughs> Double O Saf, Finn, along with my friend from the CIA. Keith with the Quartermaster. Pale, who has the latest from... Q Branch, Two Toms, Lava Flow. That's right. Today on the show, we're, we have over 30 awards and categories, including gadgets, good guys, the baddies, and much more. But first, let's talk about beer number one, because we've got two Lava Flows and a mixture of the two. Beer is flowing. How Two Toms intended it. So this first one is Lava Flow Beer Number One. It says right on the side of the can, Number One, so you know which one you're looking at. It's the Banana Coconut Pineapple Tropical Milkshake IPA, and it's 6.5% ABV. There's no IBUs listed? Nope. I suppose we probably could start off by saying that this was originally released as part of Two Tom's third anniversary. Uh, this was a special thing where he had the two beers that were made. Um, they came, it, it was a four pack, two of beer number one, two of beer number two, and it is intended to be joined together um, at some point, but they are in separate cans. So it's pretty exciting to try all of them separately and together. Even on the side of the can, it says, well, it has four steps. Number one, roll can on a flat surface, grab a large glass sunglasses and chair pour half of the can number one into the glass pour half of can number two into the glass place the sunglasses on sit back and enjoy some tropical paradise i didn't grab this i didn't grab the the sunglasses guys oh. mine <sighs> mine are transition lenses oh i forgot <laughs> <laughs> need to get a bright light on your face then <laughs> some uv rays to bet it's nighttime yeah you wear sunglasses at night <laughs> but i don't have the chair no i ha- i have a chair <laughs> um, not uh, the right chair no but this chair can lean back in 90 degrees how is Ooh. that helpful not very helpful but can do still speaking of can you want to look at this one yeah it is see what i did there yeah i did it was, it was a great segue it is a it is a nice lovely color it is a pale yellow uh the dark parts of the can are the palm leaves in the background so you kind of see like some kind of embossing some sketching of like uh palm leaves uh, coconut shells, uh, banana peels, and then you have like a, a an overlay on top of that, which are more of the same stuff, but I think mainly just palm trees to kind of give it like a uh, more of like an artsy overlay feel. Uh, and then you have the main co- colors on the front of the can, which are the actual objects of the pineapple, the coconut, and the banana as the uh, forefront and then it's interesting they actually have a can or not sorry uh, like a tulipy glass a tall tulip cast mm-hmm. and it's half full mm-hmm. 
Ah, yeah. I never noticed. Liquid is being poured into the glass. Mm, I see it splashing up and it coming in, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So neat. So and depending on your flow is written the yeah. wrong direction as well. Right. Correct. I like that font though. Yeah, it is nice. Very smooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, it looks um, pretty appealing. If you're into the tropical fruits, it looks very appealing. <laughs> Like a banana. Uh, a banana. Like a banana. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the banana in your mouth, maybe some coconuts. As for the beer, let's take a look at that little guy or gal. And to take a look to make sure that I grab the right one. Uh, this one is very amber in color. Yeah. Uh, which is surprising you would kind of anticipate that this one is going to be a little bit more of the uh, like a brighter yellow but also like very pale i was expecting this one to be almost see-through but i'm cool with like milky because coconut milk uh that kind of like haziness look but definitely was not anticipating orange i was in i was definitely thinking it was going to be more of the like the Mm -hmm. lighter side yeah more like a fruit juice yellow it's kind of more just like a regular old ipa color yeah yeah, I was expecting a Pichu, Pichu Pale. Yeah, or uh, or like Data's face, <laughs> if we flip through the more colors, but 100% Pichu, or maybe Kirkshire, like in that range, definitely mm-hmm. definitely thinking, and it, it could just be because like the, the way that the can is colored, definitely thinking white from the coconut, banana's already pale. So many yellow fruits. But where do we think it lies? Closer to like a Blanca's shorts? Yeah. Or darker? I, I don't know about darker. It uh, depends on the light. To get, yeah, I'm trying to get a good angle on it. Yeah, I turned all my lights on in this room, and I have like a, an Aquaman Blanca shorts kind of thing. Yep, yeah, myself. I too. was thinking around Blanca Clayface. I, yeah, I could do Blanca. But all I right. agree with Blanca. Probably not any darker, honestly. So like a 11, probably. 11 sounds good. 11. Blanca shorts. I guess that kind of works because he does go down to Jamaica. Not quite Brazil, <laughs> but <laughs> it's down in Central America. It's close enough, right? Because mm-hmm. this is America. We don't know geography. <laughs> Our listeners won't know any difference. Oh, yes, they will. Don't insult them like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just Damn it. This is why people stop listening. Yeah, they're like, tune out. Like, these guys are stupid, but they assumed we're stupid. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> And so let's take a sniff. I believe we already have started that. Yeah. As we're looking at the color, it kind of wafts up oh. into our nose. Yeah, this one's oh very my. coconutty. Whoa. It smells that. like lotion. Yeah, Pete's not a coconut fan. Yeah. No, I'm so not I'm a fan of this. <laughs> yeah, I got this suntan lotion. I got shea butter. Suntan lotion. <laughs> I used to have a coconut shampoo that my yeah. parents would have in the shower. Totally. And I'm like, Ooh. yep, that's like a, a, like a suave or whatever. Suave coconut shampoo. Yeah, yeah. I don't really get the pineapple. Mostly yeah. coconut with a hint maybe of banana. I don't even smell the banana, honestly. Um, it's just a It's all coconut. It's mostly coconut. Yeah, 100%. Mm, it's a li- very slight. It's, yeah. I think there's a little bit of like a citrusy pinch to it, like a little pinch of citrusy at the end. Or maybe at the beginning. Hold on. There's, yeah, you might be right. There's a little bit of citrusy there, but definitely no banana. And 100%, all I can smell is coconut, but with some like saving, you know, qualities to it. Do you think he brewed with coconut water? Because mm-hmm. that would be pretty intelligent. 
Although I've had coconut water before, and it's not very coconutty. Yeah, I don't know particularly how that would work, but that would be pretty cool if he's able yeah. to get, uh, I don't know, you need five gallons to make five gallons. So how many gallons would you think that he made of these? Quite oh, a bit. Geez. I saw the stack of canes he had, yeah, plus so, like several kegs at the party. So give or take 100 gallons of coconut yeah. water. Man. It, well, technically, if you want five barrels, like a five-barrel container or a six-barrel container, you need 183 gallons of something. So. I don't think he could. You probably can't pull that off. Yeah. How, where are you going to get that much? Like <laughs> that much coconut? Yeah, you would have to. You'd yeah. have to like travel to Jamaica or go to a <laughs> factory or something. Yeah, if you get shipped to your place, and just imagine like how much overhead that would have just to get coconut water shipped over to you. It's insane. Oof. So maybe just coconut flavoring added to the water. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking if maybe just a little bit of coconut water just to say he did it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I could I could totally see him doing that. Yeah, mixture maybe just add yeah, some mixture. in there. Yeah, mix yeah. it up, see how it goes. He used all that shampoo and suntan lotion in it. And that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't use any coconut. It's definitely strong coconut flavor. Yeah, there more is, than anything else. There's that little bit of like a, a pale ale taste at the end where it kind of has like a, a little bit of like a, a bittery, but not like like bitter beer mm-hmm. face bittery. But, you know, there's like that almost like a lingering uh, bitter taste. Yes, on top. Yeah. I get it. And also like a little bit of like a banana clovey flavor masked by a fuck ton of coconut. Yeah. A hint of hefeweizen yeah, flavor. Right. I'm like I'm tr- like I'm struggling really hard here to try to pull out that flavor yeah. like what's it's anything in. other than very cocoa. light very yeah. light still no not too much pineapple not too much citrus period in this right Ugh. <laughs> this is gonna be a struggle it's almost like drinking the like the ivory stout that we had from like brewlink where mm. you're anticipating a stout but it was white <laughs> and then had like the the stout flavor, but there was something that was just overpowering. You're like, what is, is this? Is exactly what this is like, but an IPA and coconutty. It's you see what's on the can, and you're thinking this is going to be what we want. This is going to be good because I like I like everything that's on the can. I don't hate it. I'm not trying to say I hate it, but I don't taste all of the elements that are on the can. Right. Yeah. The I I think just the coconut needs to be dialed it back. So we can get some something else out of it. I think I got pineapple on the first few sips, mm-hmm. like no, zero banana, and then the pineapple just started to fade as I continued drinking it. Now it's just all coconut. Yeah. Are you getting? And that's kind of weird. Coconut flakes. I have some type of debris in my mouth. <laughs> Um, I just poured be. the rest of my can in, and I have some floaties. So it's it got to be. be coconut flakes. Yeah, I dr- when I drank the the backwash out of my can, it had a little bit more of the IPA taste to it. Mm. Uh, so I, I tried dumping it in, and I just got floaties, which is probably a mistake. Oh well. Well, Untapped doesn't have much to offer. There's only 15 ratings, <laughs> and. Great. Uh, their average is 3.69. I'm guessing people didn't check in the separated beers. Maybe they just did the combo. Right. 
I kind of had to ask for it. Like I was telling Keith before we started, when I first had this, I asked for, I usually get half pours at two times. Clearly everyone mm-hmm. should do that. I asked for a half pour of this and he was like, do you want a half pour of it mixed or do you want a quarter <laughs> pour right. of each? I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> I was like, I'll just take a half pour of each of them to make me a full pour. Thank you very much. The only comment I am seeing is from Mike S. Lots of toasted coconut, coconut, and banana. (laughs) I'm still on my first beer. (laughs) Yikes. I'm getting an off note, though, on the back end, and he gave it a 2.75. These, I don't think that these were in there when I had this. I don't think. Because I could only find the one, the mixture together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why I didn't check it in. I probably would have done that, but then, oh well, you know. Do we want to rate these, or do we want to just wait till the end? It is three beers, so it would add to your guys' totals to catch up to me, or try to. <laughs> I was about to check mine in. Okay, well, we'll just do that then. I, I feel bad, because <laughs> when I might rank this. Do you guys have the ability to go, did your untap change? It's been a while since I checked in a beer. Yeah, it's dark. It looks very different now. Yeah, there was an update. We had to log out and log back in. Okay. All right, so I gave this beer a three and a half, and I stated the coconut is very overwhelming, drowning out all of the other flavors. Uh, I I like like it initially, but just that coconut is too much. So, like I said, if they could dial that back out or uh, increase the pineapple and banana... It's, it's pretty drinkable. It's just there's like that bitter coconut that's not super enjoyable. I surprisingly also gave it a 3.5. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, my comment said, and I quote, holy moly coconut. And I couldn't rhyme it because I'm Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec <laughs> and I can never rhyme anything. I said not enough coconut or sorry, too much coconut. Not enough pineapple taste in my opinion. I feel like the can is misleading. Um, there's a little bit of banana to it, but I just honestly don't feel like I get enough pineapple to it. And I don't know what you would do to get that without making it like super tarty or super sour, like because mm-hmm. pineapples are generally that way. But this one, it's smooth and it's probably dangerous. If you like coconut flavor, then this is going to be like something that should be a five for you. It's lactosey, smooth coconutty and you'll probably crush it if you like the, that flavor but for me it's it's just not there and i did three and a half as well nice. i said uh very unique lots of coconut i would enjoy more if the banana could somehow come through because then i think you have an actually like solid standalone beer that i would drink on a regular basis but because i'm only getting one one side of flavor i'm kind of turned off a little bit um so but i'm really looking forward to mixing these i think it's gonna make something really really good i am bucking this trend and i gave it a three um because i don't like this coconut um as I posted, I put strong coconut, which I don't like. Looking forward to mixing this one. Um, I really think that he intended this to be mixed and not really yeah. something that is supposed to be drunk alone. Um, so 
I mean, like you guys said, if it had more of the IPA sense, if that came out, if more of the uh, the Belgian style, the cloves, the banana flavor would come out a little bit more, um, the pineapple, any of the fruitiness, it would definitely save this beer. But it's just the strong coconut. And I remember his anniversary beer from a couple of years ago when the Blue Hawaiian, um, that one also has a very strong coconut taste. Um, That's right. I had that one, and if I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but Two Toms now has like the ice cream machine, the mm-hmm. beer cream mm-hmm. machine, whatever you want to call it. Um, he did have his Blue Hawaiian out there, and this is exactly what that taste, tasted like. So I think this one would be good in that ice cream machine um, as a coconut, like a yogurt-style frozen yogurt. I mean, it, it would blend well, but as a standalone beer, it's a little rough for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree. All right, let's get into the actual awards, and then we'll get to beer number two in a little bit. Let this one settle in our mouths, get refreshed. <laughs> I need like a side beer to cleanse my talent. <laughs> I know. Yeah. A whole box of pretzels. <laughs> All right, number, or I guess I'm not going to number these because I did not number them, but our first category is going to be the gadgets. Uh, let's talk about the Live and Let Drive Award for Best Car. And our nominees are the Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger, the AMC Hornet from Man with the Golden Gun, the Lotus Spirit from The Spy Who Loved Me, the Aston Martin Vantage from The Living Daylights, the BMW 75 or 750IL, from Tomorrow Never Dies, and the Aston Martin Vanquish from Die Another Day. Mm, good choices. A lot of Aston Martins, because that's the Bond vehicle of choice. Yep. Except for when they get a licensing deal or like a, it's a, like a promo for whatever car. Paid sponsorship. Yeah. Like Brought that's to what you BMW by was. BMW. <laughs> yeah. I think the coolest looking one for sure has to be the Pierce Brosnan cars. Yeah. I always look forward to, in these movies, what's the latest Bond car? Not really the mm-hmm. make, but what's the new gadget that's going to set yeah. this car above the previous ones? The Pierce Brosnan's ones had, like, the craziest gadgets. Mm-hmm. The one that he could remote control from, like, his cell phone, and then, obviously, the invisible car is the other one from Die Another Day. But I had to put the, the uh, I think it's the Lotus on there, because that's the one that turns into, like, a submarine. Mm-hmm. Which is a crazy gadget. So, do you have a winner, or do we? So, are we supposed to figure one out? Uh, it's just a small discussion. I have. I did pick winners for all of these, oh, okay. and I gave reasons for that. But I figure we talk about it, and then I will announce the winner is the Aston Martin DB5. It is among the best known cars in the world, thanks to special effects expert John Steers, who modified the DB5 for use by James Bond in the film Goldfinger. The vehicle went on to appear in seven more films and is considered to be the quintessential vehicle for the character. Thus, it is the winner. Mm. The classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice one. Um, I remember the scene before he gets strapped up to the big old laser beam, cause, like is aiming to cut him off in half, where he like finds Goldfinger's base, and he's like riding around that little campus and like fighting people in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's like one of the most memorable like car scenes for me even though that's like apparently a James Bond trope and especially in the video games I think that's like the only one that I really remember 
And it was a big deal in, I think, Casino Royale. He wins the car in the Daniel Craig movie. We see, like, the origins of the car, and he drives it in a couple of his movies. Now, this kind of makes me think, as good as a game as GoldenEye was, the one thing it was missing was, like, driving with the Bond car. Yeah. Something like that. I'm like, if they added that element to that game, it'd be even more perfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's why games after that, all the Bond games have a they driving do, yeah. sequence. There was a couple beforehand where basically there was, like, three phases of the game, and right. one of them was always driving. Mm-hmm. And then, like, critically acclaimed games hated the games that were one-dimensional, but for whatever reason, they loved Goldeneye. Yeah. Dustin and I talked about it a little bit on the video game music episode. Nice. All right, Q. I think Q should take this one, Pale. Okay, the latest from Q Branch Award, the best gadget. Our nominees are Little Nelly from You Only Live Twice, the Rolex Submariner from Live and Let Die, Bell Textron Jetpack, from Thunderball, the Alligator Submarine from Octopussy, Trick Briefcase from Russia with Love, and Omega Seamaster from Goldeneye. Uh, I put the Trick Briefcase on here only because it's one of the first gadgets that he receives. I can't remember. uh, The briefcase did like three different things, but now thinking about it, I can't remember what they were. (laughs) It was like a propeller... uh... Like a, not a propeller, but like a propulsion device, almost like a gun. Where yeah. It shot something out of the side. Uh, I think it's like a trick compartment. Yeah. That, yep. Um, I'm trying to remember that movie because uh, from Russia with Love is when he has Red is fighting him on the train, mm-hmm. and Red opens the briefcase and he finds nothing. He's like, "Fuck, fuck this briefcase! It's worthless." <laughs> but I don't remember that third thing. But those are the two things that I remember from the movie. Um, the 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 jetpack is definitely memorable for Thunderball because that's like the first thing you see after mm-hmm. he fights that woman man uh, <laughs> at the at the funeral. Uh, then he like takes off in the jetpack, but he only goes like twenty feet. Yeah, he goes over a fence, he, over, <laughs> basically over the fence, and then lands next to his car and then takes off. Yeah, it's like why not just fly away with that thing? Right? Yeah, why why not? I don't remember the alligator submarine. I think that's in what? Oh yeah, it says right here what movie that's from. I can see the picture, but yeah, it's such a ridiculous costume it's, that he puts on. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like an engine in it. Yeah. <laughs> so the Omega Seamaster is that the watch laser? Yes. Why is yeah. it, what? <laughs> I remember the gadget. I don't remember being called Omega Seamaster. That's a horrible. I think name. the Seamaster is the name of the watch. Uh, yes, that's just the brand of the watch. Okay. And then o- Omega means he made it better. Right. He modified it. You know. But I don't know. The old old Nelly is pretty cool, but it's just a like a a sea do hooked up to a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready for the winner. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me open up the envelope and take a look here. Oh, wow. See, yeah, I'm, I came prepared. I have the envelope. Oh, <laughs> so fancy. And the winner... <laughs> okay, the winner is the Little Nelly. Mm, that's surprising. It is. Little Nelly is small enough to be shipped in four suitcases and comes equipped with two forward-firing synchronized machine guns, twin rear-firing flamethrowers, Aerial mines with miniature parachutes, 
twin rocket launchers, which fire a cluster of small rockets, and two heat-seeking air-to-air missiles. Stacked. Now, 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 reading that, I just don't know what the briefcase doesn't have yeah. compared to this. <laughs> <laughs> the briefcase can't fly. Uh, That's true. Uh, Unless I throw it. Plus, uh, we get an awesome scene where Q delivers these all these briefcases and like assembles the thing in Jamaica. I think. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's small enough to fit into four suitcases. Or like, so you're you're gonna have to have somebody there to build it for you. <laughs> Basically, I will say it looks like the little gyrocopter from Pilot Wing sixty four. If anybody has ever played that video oh, yeah. game, it's exactly <laughs> what that looks mm-hmm. like. The Go Go Garbage Award, the <laughs> dumbest gadget. <laughs> and your nominees are the shark inflating pellet from Live and Let Die, the combination safe cracker copy machine from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's not fair. This is one movie. And he's got the dumbest. Mm. <laughs> All right, the next one. He's got two of the dumbest. <laughs> Uh, radioactive lint. <laughs> oh, God. <What> the fuck? <laughs> it, that would definitely give you cancer if you put it in your pocket. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the slow way to kill your enemies. Like, <laughs> uh, number four, the swallowing sofa from Living Daylights. Number five, the ghetto blaster. What was that? That's a boombox, isn't it? It's a boombox <laughs> yeah. that has a rocket launcher in it. Is. And then number six, the brush radio from Live and Let Die. So we have three movies in this list with two <laughs> two dumb things in between. They're, yeah, they're all such dumb thing. Like, the brush radio, half of it's a brush and half of it's a radio. Like, What is even the point? Why not just have a radio <laughs> or have a brush? <laughs> it's not a hidden. It's just on the other side of it. And you just flip it over. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the boombox radio is cool. I don't like the name, the Ghetto Blaster. Yeah. How very kind of kind of a stretch, but kind of racist. Yeah, yeah. It, and it never gets used in the movie. Same with that sofa. Like, how impractical is the sofa? Like, James Bond is going to carry a sofa into a, like yeah. a the, lure you the, into the a trap. Like, it's great for <laughs> call pranks. the enemy in. <laughs> Sit on my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. It's good for um, his rape den where he <laughs> caps. It's like yes. go go ahead and take a seat on my my sofa, and the girl sits on the sofa, and the sofa captures her, and she's like, "Help me! I'm stuck in this sofa, Big Brother." Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that would be the only good use. It's like the next girl's coming in, and you're like, "Hurry, get sit on that yeah. chair," and she gets swallowed up, and then he goes and sleeps with the other she's one. Like, I'll save you for later. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hate i hate the couch already i hope the couch wins (laughs) i like the couch is my favorite (laughs) well your favorite dumbest gadget your favorite gadget that matters favorite dumbest favorite because it's the most pointless yeah but it could be it could be used yeah all right let's figure this one out the okay whatever the winner is the inflating shark pellet or the shark inflating pellet because it led to one of the wildest moments in the film where he hits that person with the bullet and he balloons up. Boomy. Oh gosh, I love this. He gif. makes, <laughs> he makes Kananga swallow it. And for some reason that causes him to 
float to the ceiling in like the most plastic looking <laughs> <It's> so bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> right. Doesn't like the pellet have to like be fired off? It just he just you like, would shoves think. it in his mouth. He, he and just puts be- it in his mouth. Like he's been carrying it around this whole movie. It's that volatile. <laughs> you can just put it in someone's mouth and they explode. Did he like put it in his teeth and like punch him in the jaw? And then like his teeth like said no, he didn't. He just shoved it in his mouth and closed yeah. it. Yeah, they were underwater. I don't think he'd have enough pressure to like punch him. This is ridiculous. Because they were like wrestling underwater. <laughs> I think the honorary award goes to the couch. So <laughs> <laughs> at least, yeah, yeah. at least That's we worked the couch out. This one, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this one because it was actually used in the film. The couch only was in shown in Q's lab. That's fair. That's fair. All right, our next category, we have the world's best boss award, the best M. We have Bernard Lee from 1962 to 1979, Robert Brown from 1983 to 1989, Judy Dench from 1995 to 2012. I think, I think we know our winner. I'm hoping. Number four, <laughs> we have Ralph Fiennes. 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 Ray Fiennes. Thank you, Ralph Fiennes, uh, from 2012 to the present day Bond films. How do you not know Lord Voldemort's name? <laughs> um, Robert Shinley. <laughs> I'll say with the world's best boss, I'm like, where's Michael Scott on this list? <laughs> oh, yes. Opportunity you missed. What uh, you uh, my, fa- my favorite part was just yes. coming up with the names for the I love awards. I wanted to make sure that these four had a chance. If Michael Scott wasn't on the list. <laughs> well, this is... He's not Bond related. I guess Michael Scarn yes. is sort of Bond related. <laughs> I mean, I guess we just take a vote and move on. Because, uh, I mean, I, I, I go with say Judy hands Dench. down Judy for me. I don't remember Robert Brown, so Judy Dench. Yeah, Robert Brown, I mean, he was only in three movies, but in Ray Fiennes is too new to really give him any credit. We don't know right. what he's going to what he was really capable of. He was M for one mo- one movie, right? He was the yeah. interim in the second to the last, and then he was M in the last one. Well, so. I didn't like him because he right. was the one that kind of took over when M, Judy Dench, was missing, I think, and he kind of came in, and he was he yeah. seemed to me like the bad guy, like we need to move on from her or something, and Bond, of course, wouldn't let her go. So I'm yeah. like, mm, nope, you're dead to me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I don't like you. And Bernard Lee, I, he's pretty important because he was the first and he was in like 10 yeah. movies or something but i do remember him but he seemed like a punch bag almost yeah he wasn't in a lot and he's kind of forgettable unless you're like really obsessed with those movies because he's just gives bond the little pamphlet and says here's your new mission <laughs> he doesn't have a lot to do right he's al- he's almost like the literally the punching bag of the movie like you have bond going it's almost like a comedy almost so you can do it silent yeah, yeah. film style and like know what's going on bond walks in the office bond flirts with penny he goes in the office ha 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 smacks the boss and leaves <laughs> and end of scene so yeah definitely judy dench 100% like you literally f- can feel for her like she pretty much makes a name for herself with Pierce, and then with that name. She also gets, like, a whole character arc where she 
we get to see her first thing and she doesn't like bond she's like bond you're a relic of the cold war you're not mm-hmm. needed anymore and then we get the emotional send-off where she dies in the one movie so that one <laughs> hit me in the feels all right mm-hmm. and uh pale just handed me the envelope <laughs> Thanks, that was pal. a long drive i appreciate <laughs> that I got uh <laughs> and the winner is uh, uh judy dench she appeared in eight films over her 17 years playing the character, and she is based on Stella Remington, the real-life head of MI5 between 1992 and 1996. Mm. She is a brilliant actor. So She's great. Yeah. She's great in everything. As British would say, she's brilliant. <laughs> All right, next up, the Master Quartermaster Award for oh. Best Q. This is... There's only I was gonna three say, is this even category. a category? Come on, man. <laughs> there, there's also Pale. Pale's also... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got Pale. No. He's the quartermaster from an hour ago to current. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know the winner. <laughs> we can move on. Uh, I mean, Desmond Llewellyn, he did it from 63 to 99. John Cleese did it 99 to 2002. And Ben Wishall is our current Q, and he's been in like three movies. I like Ben a lot. I like him as an actor. Uh, I don't really know if I like him as a Q, but I like him as an actor. I think if he does it for the next 40 years or whatever, <laughs> he has a shot. But as of now, it's got to be Desmond yeah, Llewellyn. For right. sure. The only I agree. Q. Oh, surprise, surprise. Let me uh, read you what I have in this envelope here. The winner is Desmond Llewellyn. He appeared in 17 Bond films more than any other actor in the series and sadly died in a car crash at the age of 85. It wasn't even old age oh, that took him? I didn't him? know nope. that. Oh, he could have been in more God, Bond movies. God, I feel awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, what yeah. could have been? And then there's this nice picture or with every Bond except for Daniel Craig because he was dead before then. Mm. I just remember mm. when he passed away and they did a little snippet and they played the Nobody Does It Better, and they went through and played yeah. all his old clips, and I'm like, oh, that got me in the feels. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I miss him. He's great. Like, just his rapport with mm-hmm. all of the Bonds, where he's like, damn it, Bond, just bring everything back <laughs> yes. in one piece. <laughs> I'm sure he had a really nice gig where he'd show up to the set and record one scene. He's there one day. <laughs> and he's, that's a wrap. We got your scene. We're good to go. <laughs> Come back in two years yeah. when we do the next one. Right. And yeah. forever immortalize 17 films later. Yeah. All right. We're going on to the Worth Every Penny Award. The best money penny. We have four nominees here. The first one is Lois Maxwell from 1962 to 1985. Caroline Bliss from 1987 to 1989. Samantha Bond from 1995 to 2002, and Naomi Harris from 2012 to present. I really like mm-hmm. Naomi Harris mm-hmm. in the current ones. I like that she actually gets some things to do besides just like flirting <laughs> with Bond. Uh, I don't even remember the other two, to be honest with you, Samantha or Carolyn. Samantha was the... Uh, yeah, I remember Samantha, one, but I don't remember the other two. She gave him shit about the icicle cavern place one time, mm-hmm. I believe, or the ice house, whatever the the melting ice house, whatever movie that was. Die another day. Yeah, um, but I do not remember Caroline Bliss. But of course, that was only two years, so it's probably like one movie. It was the Dalton uh, years. Yeah, 
Then Lois Maxwell was in so many movies. Yeah, she was the Roger Moore and Sean Connery, John Connery and Lazenby. Lazenby. George Laserby beam. Sharks <laughs> sharks with laser beams. <laughs> yeah, I think this one is almost obvious as well because of the long running mm-hmm. you know, twenty three years of being uh, Miss P- uh, Money Penny. Um, I feel like Naomi Harris has a good stake because she actually does things, mm-hmm. but she wasn't in all the Daniel Craig movies. Yeah, she didn't even come until Skyfall, I mm-hmm. think. Right. There was no. There was like literally there was a gap of uh, Money Pennies, like from Casino to uh, like uh, Quantum. And mm-hmm. the same with Q. With you know Ben was only in one of those early films. Like it's basically Casino Royale was let's build this to make our team. Yeah. And then and then you don't actually have something until like the next film. So it was, it was kind of weak. So I'm just not even going to open this one. I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh Taylor Swift wins the award. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, but the winner is <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Lewis Maxwell. She did it for 3 the Bonds. She appeared in the first 14 James Bond films portraying Miss P- uh, Money Penny more times than all the other Money Pennies combined. It's very similar to the Q situation where yeah. she was in 14, he was in 17. But she was do- he did it longer because he didn't appear in every single Bond film. There was some where he didn't even show up or was uh, part of where she was in the beginning of all the films where they talk to you. Yeah, every time he'd come to the office, yeah. he'd throw his hat up and talk to her for a minute. Mm-hmm. The CIA BFF Award. Best Felix Letter. Lighter. Later. Felix Later. Lighter. 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 Light it up, pal. Lighter fluid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The best Felix Lighter Fluid Award. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said the Lighter <laughs> Fluid Award. <laughs> Hold on. Re-edit. And Pale still would have... <laughs> Pale would have still misspelled, mispronounced it. The leader fluid. The leader. Yeah. What is the leader fluid? What's leader fluid? The leader cola award. You got leader colas. <laughs> oh god, leader of cola. I got a goddamn leader cola. All right, our nominees are Jack Lord from Doctor No, Seek Linder from Goldfinger, Rick I think it's Van Cease. Uh, short for Cecil. Uh, Cecil Linder, Rick Van Nutter from Thunderball, Norman Burton from Diamonds Are Forever, David Hedison, Live and Let Die and License to Kill, John Terry from The Living Daylights, Jeffrey Wright, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, No Time to Die. At least he's in the trailer for No Time to Die. We'll see if they cut him out before that movie oh, comes out. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting. If you if you take a look, the first four are the first four initial uh Connery bonds. And there's a yeah. there's a, a Felix per one of those movies, which is really weird. It's weird that they keep changing. like I, I was trying to read up on it. It's like, oh, the first guy was too young or something. The second guy was too old. The third guy didn't want to come back or something. So they just kept changing it. (laughs) 
And I'm assuming if they didn't really have uh, a U.S. presence, like you wouldn't need the CIA yeah. to help you with some of the missions. Because you de- yeah, definitely don't. A lot ha- of movies he's not in. Yeah, you de- definitely don't have a, a Felix in any of the Pierce Brosnan ones. You're right. He's got all his other friends that call him Jimbo, Jimbo. and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why isn't that, why isn't that guy just yeah. Felix Leiter? Why is it some new guy? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I do enjoy Jeffrey Wright yeah. a lot. I, de- yeah, I enjoyed him, at least in the first two ones, the Royale and Quantum. I don't really remember if he was in the other two, which you, I don't have it listed, so it's probably not accurate. He's not there because they do a whole lot of like world traveling. So what's the CIA have mm-hmm. to do with him being in Serb- you know, Serbia trying to find a hermit's, you know, shed or whatever? Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. And Casino Royale, I think, takes place in at least North America, South America, like the whole transpiration of those two movies. I don't really remember most of them. Like, honestly, the only one I do remember is Jeffrey Wright. Out of all of them, maybe Jack Lord from the first one, but that's just like the first one. I only vaguely remember David Hedison in License to Kill because I think he died, like Blofeld kills him or something. I remember he's like in a mm-hmm. wheelchair or something like that. Yeah, there was and one. He's got like a big wedding scene. Which one had Benicio del Toro? That was uh, as that was, a yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was like that wedding scene in the beginning. And he dies. That's the same guy. Yeah, it's not Blofeld that kills him. It's whatever that guy, that bad guy is in that movie. Yeah, the the gangster, the drug smuggling mm-hmm. gangster dude. I forget. El Jefe, as <laughs> Benicio del Toro calls him. Uh, that would probably be the only one that I remember. And I was was just wondering, like, what the fuck, this dude? Because I was more familiar <laughs> with Felix being Jeffrey. So I, I hope he wins. What do we got, Pale? We got the envelope ready. <laughs> and the winner is Jeffrey Wright. I was right. You're right. You were Jeffrey I Wright. I was Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> Wright is the first actor to play Felix in three separate films. The runner-up in this category, David Hedison, was the only other actor to play the character more than once, and there was a 16-year gap and a different Felix actor between his two films. Crazy. Yeah, it's weird that Timothy Dalton's movies have two different Felixes, and one is a guy from yeah. the Roger Moore era. <laughs> <laughs> that is a strange decision to mix it up like that. Right, but you could probably think of Felix as another code word that the CIA just gives like a, a passport yeah. name to one of their agents that makes sense to me yeah codenamed felix mm-hmm. and uh am i wrong but isn't uh jeffrey Wright? doesn't he play the little gadget guy in the mocking jay series have you guys seen that movie the, uh, the i've hungovers. never seen the hungovers <laughs> the hunger or, games the hunger games have you guys seen that he was the little gadget guy <laughs> he right was, he he yes, played he that character okay the, yeah, games yeah. he is in with it. that crazy Short-haired girl. Yeah, he was the one that had like. He was the gadget dude that put it all together and helped tell. Yeah, yeah he was the he was the same actor, almost bald dude yeah, with yeah, the yeah, weird yeah. goatee with the the wireframe glasses. He was in a lot. Yeah, yep. I think he's in Westworld as well, but I have not yes. seen that either. I love him in Westworld. I thought he was a voice in What oh. If too. 
Oh, I've not watched it yet. He's the, he's, he's, the, the, new, he's the watcher. Uh, he's the watcher in what if. Oh, cool. He's the new commissioner Gordon. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, he yeah, is. Go Felix. Mm-hmm. There it is. He's all over the place. Yeah, let's go <laughs> Felix. Yeah. All right. Up next, we have the Oh James Award for the best Bond girl. <laughs> nice. Don't add me to that list. Number <laughs> Well, there's no particular order here, but first up we have Honey Rider from Dr. No, Tracy Draco on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Tiffany Case from Diamonds Are Forever, Wei Lin from Tomorrow Never Dies, Jinx from Die Another Day, and Vesper Lind from Casino Royale. So many good choices. Honey Rider, she's the first, so she gets on there. Vesper because of Casino Royale. Yeah. Like she's got a pivotal role in that, mm-hmm. so she's also very important. And then you mentioned Tracy already, like she's the only one yeah. to marry Bond, so mm-hmm. obviously that's well, important. Vesper was a close yeah, second there. There's like a <laughs> Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Uh, is but she also true. stabbed him in the back. Right. There's a huge push for the Tiffany case as well, because Diamonds Are Forever is the one where they spend the evening on the boat afterwards mm-hmm. and fight the henchmen. And so there's like, oh yeah, Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. Yeah, them, them. I refuse to learn their names. <laughs> I keep, I keep saying it. I know. Uh, um, and, and I mean, you gotta love Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, mm-hmm. as Waylon, and of course because Halle Berry is so attractive. But I just never <laughs> like Jinx character. No, she's horrible. But she's the only one of these that almost got a spinoff movie. I did not know that. But that's fair. Yeah. If Die Never Day was successful, there would have been a Jinx movie. Jinx that one. <laughs> I'm happy that there yeah. wasn't. Um, I don't know. I like the fact that, like, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, that that was kind of like a standalone film. Mm-hmm. And he does actually fall for the girl, and he marries her. But fortunately, she dies. <laughs> Minutes later. Minutes later. But... I don't know. There's, I feel like of all the Bond girls, other than Vesper, I feel like uh, Tracy Draco had actual interest yeah. in James Bond. Whereas the other ones were kind of like captor, love, you fell in love with your captor <laughs> type of thing. Because I, I don't think Honey Ryder had any interest in James Bond. Um, but I don't know. That's just my me throwing my piece. I would say number one, Tracy. Number two, Vesper. And it'd probably flip-flop on those, but she did betray him, so fuck her. Agreed. All right. And our winner is Tracy Draco. After being with hundreds of women, Tracy is finally the one to tie James Bond down. But unfortunately, plot twist, minutes later, she was shot in the head and killed. Her presence is felt in a later film when Roger Moore visits her grave, as we see on our screens, Teresa Bond. Yeah. He, Roger Moore. So, yeah, that's also a pivotal thing. Like, she's the only one that kind of gets brought up again until Daniel Craig. I think Madeline Swan is from Spectre, and she's also in No Time to Die. So mm. she could be on this list if No Time to Die had already been, if we actually know what her deal is. I mean, the Bond girl from Dr. No, that that wasn't Honey Ryder, the the casino chick that he hooks up with before he goes on the mission. He's the one who he's hooking up with in the beginning of uh, From From Russia with Love. 
Oh yeah. So there's a little bit of continuation, but this one is like interesting because it was it was Laser B, and then Do- Roger Moore. So it kind of mm-hmm. kind of made it look like the 007s are supposed to be the same person. They are, but instead of like a code word, and then later you're like, oh, it's a code word. So I don't know. They're all supposed to be one gentleman named James Bond because even when he retires from in one of the movies, they're still calling him James Bond when he's quit the. 007 so right obviously it's his name the no time to bond award for best actor not cast as bond number one or i guess first up we got dick van dyke who was almost cast in on your <laughs> majesty's secret service also same movie michael kane wow. oh wow uh james brolin was close to being an octopusy sam neil and mel gibson were both almost in living daylights Sean Bean was almost was. in GoldenEye, and he was in GoldenEye, just not as James Bond. And then for Casino Royale, Clive Owen and Henry Cavill were oh. both close to getting the role. I hope he would have had a mustache. <laughs> they would have CGI that out, though. You would have had no upper And lip. yet, we can't have Idris Alba. This game is yeah. rigged. Guess what? They're all white. Fuck out of here. Some of these are kind of surprising. <laughs> Sam Neill, I mean, thank God he ended up on Jurassic Park, but I don't know if I could imagine him as James Bond. I love the photo. <laughs> or or um, Mel oh, Gibson? Geez. No way. Mel Gibson's horrible. Yeah, he's terrible. I would be interested that in a Michael Caine. I guess he, interested for sure. Um, I, oh, I have more information on the other slide, so I won't tell you my fact on him yet. Um, and then I guess Henry Cavill could still have a chance. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think, but I heard still that relatively he's, young. Yeah, I heard that he's getting his own spy franchise instead. Like he's doing some other spy movie. Interesting. I guess he did that Uncle movie or whatever, and that's kind of a spy movie. And he was in Mission Impossible, <laughs> and that's a spy movie. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I'll give you my factoids. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, his poor English accent failed to appeal to the producer Cubby Broccoli. Michael Caine didn't want to be typecast as a spy, having previously starred in the three Harry Palmer films, so he turned it down. Josh Brolin was lined up for the part, even going as far as buying a house in London for the production before Roger Moore uh, decided to return. Oh, shit. Oh, Sam Neill impressed producers as Riley Ace of Spies, but he lost out to Timothy Dalton for the that iteration. Mel Gibson was wanted by MGM, but Kobe uh, Broccoli uh, didn't uh, like him for not being British, even though a couple of them aren't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Sean Bean was the second choice if Timothy Dalton didn't return. However, MGM overruled on both counts, and Pierce Brosnan was given the part. The producers were still impressed and gave him the part of Alec Trevelyan, uh, written for the mentor part it originally was, and became a direct parallel as 006. Clive Owen was a contender, but the producers were unwilling to provide gross profit points. I wanted Clive Owen because I mm-hmm. knew him at the time. I, I did not know who Daniel Craig was, but I am I can admit that I was wrong. Daniel Craig was the right choice. And then Henry Cavill was preferred choice of Martin Campbell, the director. However, he was deemed too young to portray Bond. 
So that's why I was saying he still has a chance because yeah. now he's older. Mm. Uh, Possible. And uh, the winner is Sam Neill. There is a video of him, like the test, uh, what the screen test. I don't know how we would play it on here, but there is a video here of him saying oh, Bond. I have to play Bond. this. I want to watch this. <laughs> Do a live reaction. So you're Tatiana Romanova. My friends call me Tanya. My friends call me Bond. James Bond. <laughs> so weird. He has a very Pierce Brosnan. The, but but I'm just voice. waiting on him. Like, I mean, he's he's Irish, Life so of course he has the True. voice. Mm-hmm. She also reached out to that gun <laughs> like she was reaching for his dick. <laughs> I feel like it's probably best he wasn't cast because I'm guessing he wouldn't be in Jurassic Park, and that's yeah. like his pivotal role. But well, what year was? that in like he timothy dalton beat him for those yeah. right or was it the yeah what years were those like 87 and 89 oh, but he would yeah, have continued yeah, yeah. So, into the 90s if those were successful that's absolutely and true it would have been hard to do Jurassic Park, or maybe he'd be typecast as bond or in uh steven spielberg wouldn't want him in that movie who knows different time right. different uh multiverse timeline yeah i, I don't know i could see it it's interesting. Definitely can see it. All right. Moving on to the best James Bonds, the Bonds that were casted. We're not ending with this? I thought this would be like the end one. <laughs> you thought wrong. No, I, I mean, we could not. move it to the end. It's here. Guess not. We already That's revealed true. it like a, lot, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, we, <laughs> I think every episode we've had, we've literally said who we thought was the best one. Uh, number one, Sean Connery. Uh, 1962 through 1967, pause, and then 1971 is when he retires. Uh, Laser Beams takes over one movie, and then he comes back mm-hmm. for a movie. Uh, speaking of Laser Beams, you have George Laserby, or Lazenby. I say it wrong enough, I just <laughs> can't mispronounce it when I try it. <laughs> he was in the 1969. This is one where he actually did get married to Tracy mm-hmm. Bond. The third one on the list is Roger Moore from 1973 to 1985. By the time 1985 rolled around, Roger Moore was 107 years old. (laughs) Uh, Number four, Timothy Dalton from 1987, my birth year, to 1989. So he's only in two movies. Much sad. Number five, everyone's favorite because they play video games, 1995 to 2002. And then Daniel Craig... 2006 to 2021. The end. To, th- to think. That's a long-ass time. Yeah. You know, 15 years is Bond right there. 15 years in five films? Was it five? Yeah. Yeah, only and five then, movies. But he, he was had a long stretch, but a lot of breaks. Then there was COVID, and then like there was a writer's strike in there. And the movies Produce take longer. Make, to, yeah, yeah they just, just think Sean Connery has the same yeah. amount of films in such a small window. It's like a, a film a year for Connery, essentially. Yeah. Right. yeah. I don't know. I think that my first Bond film was Daniel Craig films. My first Bond experience was Goldeneye, clearly, like mm-hmm. everyone else. But I didn't actually watch the movie until I started watching them with the Daniel Craig. And then I backtracked. So 
I always have like an affinity for Daniel Craig because that was my experience as what Bond was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started with the Pierce Brosnan ones. I grew up with those movies, but I just think the Daniel Craig ones are mm-hmm. better overall. I'd agree. Same thing, Saf. Started with Pierce, but I was a little hesitant with uh, Craig there at first, but they were just better movies. I hate mm-hmm. to say that, but they're just like yeah. more of a complete movie and not just let me show up and bald and James Bond and, you know, fix my tie right. and everything's perfect. Every shot lays and yeah, and I lay every woman. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and based on the trailers for the last movie, No Time to Die, it looks like he's getting a full story. Yeah. We saw him start and we get to see like the conclusion to that. So that's nice that he gets to wrap it up and no one else really so has point. that chance. Yeah. And like no fault to any of the other bonds, but that's kind of like a, one of the the problems that we run into when we try to watch these movies from the sixties to to now. It's like the movies now are just way better, and so you think that the bond is way better mm-hmm. because the movies were better. But if you try to strip mm-hmm. that away, I think that the story for the Daniel Craig Bond is way better than Raven McRigface. Anyways, so I guess it. I mean, obviously, it comes down to opinion, too. You look at the other generation. My mom, she was obsessed with James Bond, and that's how I kind of got into it. Her favorite, of course, hands down, Sean Connery. Um, I would imagine she was a fan of those rapey scenes. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, She puts herself in that situation, but um, I don't know. But she goes, oh, it's always Sean Connery. He's, yeah. I'm like, okay, gross. Thanks. Right. I feel feel like Sean Connery as a person like in the in that generation you can i want to say you get away with that a little bit more but he was portraying a role mm-hmm. and Sean Connery as as an actor had other roles where he wasn't this rapey or wasn't rapey at all mm-hmm. and he was viewed as a heartthrob yeah. to the younger generation Absolutely. of people in the 60s who loved him as a, in the as an actor and so they they stumble upon a movie like this that is a little bit risque and they want to be the Bond girl. They're like, oh, if I could just exactly, have exactly, yeah, the afternoon with Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, he was the the sex icon definitely at the time. And you look at like nowadays with Avengers, and you know it's like Thor and Captain America, and everybody, all the ladies were obsessed with them too. But you know, minus the race, yeah. but all that, yeah. <laughs> right. So I think I think that definitely we are. It, it, it's tough. I know that what Pale's going to say is going to contradict to what how we feel, but it's more of like our our time <laughs> period <laughs> is what defines what we feel about these actors or what we feel about our favorites. What do we got, Pale? Got the envelope? No, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm not saying anything Why? at all. Yeah, you got to tell us. All right, I have no, it's it's <laughs> not it's, your opinion. It's my envelope. Read the envelope. Here. I want your opinion. I have the. I can read the. I I I led this motherfucker <laughs> off. I will give you the the winners. I just want your opinion, Pale. No, oh well, I people think I said in the there. radio when they're listening can't see your head nods. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not their problem. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, Roger Moore is like the most complete Bond. Yeah, probably not the best movies, like, but probably top three like favorite gr- 
set of movies. Um, Longevity there. But I, I just, yeah. Um, I think Pale did this right. Like, compared to the rest of us, we got into Bond in the middle. Mm-hmm. Or we started watching Bond at a specific time period. Time, time period. And so we, yeah. we started watching it, and then we went forward, and then we went back. With Pale, he didn't watch any of it. And so then he he started the <laughs> period started, yeah. and then he had literally no experience with what Bond should be. There's no bias yeah. opinion and so at all. So he just all. watched all of them together, and he had all six Bonds together. And he's like, yeah, that dude's my favorite. I could appreciate mm-hmm. that. Unless Pale's memory yeah, is a little fair. shaky, and he just went with the one that he remembers the most since he's got the most movies. So he's <laughs> I mean, if we want to throw that in movies. there. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen this guy's face a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, it's hard to, you know, I like Timothy Dalton, but it's like I didn't have five movies to, like, right. think about it. Right. And, yeah. We didn't really get to see. One of them is pretty good. One of them yeah. is okay. But we don't really know, like, maybe the next one would be shit or the next right. one could be great. The same with George Lazenby with only one movie. That one's pretty good, but we don't know what he would have done with the character if he kept And honestly, the Daniel it. Craig movies, it's like a 15-hour movie right now. Just broken up into five parts. <laughs> yeah. <Good> point, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we saw more in, like, True. so many storylines. And he yeah. interacted with so many different characters. And we saw, like his personality so many times. I just feel yeah. like, yeah, I, I think this is my favorite. He also did more spy shit initially. Yes. He was very heavily in the spy. Yeah. Not so much like the action and combat and mm-hmm. the sneaking around stuff. Yeah. Sne- I totally, yeah. I can totally see where you're coming from. I think if you ask a lot of people, I think a lot of people would say that Roger Moore is up there on the list. If you can try to get like a, a good unbiased poll for this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but without further ado i think we all know who the winner is and it is i think the longest lasting yeah it's the longest reigning one however not as many movies daniel craig he has not appeared in the most films but he has the longest title as james bond for the longest period of time and his films earned more money on average than any uh of the other films or a stretch of films uh and this was even with inflation taken into account I was gonna. I was reading that and I almost paused, but then you know, finished and say, like, "Oh yeah, you did actually take inflation into account for that one," which is good. I just think that it's a better quality of films. It's it's a it's a a byproduct of having like such great technology now to make these films. Yeah, and they got what 50 oh 60 almost 60 years mm-hmm. of experience making these movies they kind of know how to do right. it now they got they got it down and they they kind of feed off of what the market is doing and mm-hmm. uh react to that i'm a i'm a big old fan of like starter movies too i've always rated like iron man one hulk one or whatever those films as higher than like their sequels and mm-hmm. casino royale is basically a starter film for me like how it got started how they lead into the whole bondy thing so you know that's just another point of why it, it I makes like me it wonder too because it, it kind of came out the same time that the mcu did that built upon this bigger universe and this is like a bond mini bond universe that's been created and that yeah. makes me wonder after this next one is it the same universe or we're going to do a reboot and kind of go all over again or just continue in this universe? So I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I know. I kind of hoping they continue me or pale. 
It's pale. Pale. Oh, me? Oh, pale. <laughs> this one's going to confuse you because <laughs> it's multiple awards oh, on one slide. All right. We got the Bond versus Bond Awards. The Girls, Guns, and Getting Drunk. Yeah, there's like this little bar graph I found, and it kind of it uh, breaks down every Bond into, into categories for who had the most kills, who has the most partners, and who drank the most. And then we can see, based on how high that uh, graph is, which one had the most. Hmm. And each one gets a re- an award for that hmm. okay. category. That's a interesting statistic that I did yeah. not know I <laughs> no, needed. I love this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is pretty cool. So we have the the License to Kill Award. Uh, that is going to Pierce Brosnan. Average of 34 wow. Wait, kills. 34 kills a movie? Oh my gosh. What? Per movie. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Damn. Wow. No wonder there's a lot of school shootings. <laughs> it was popular in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> He's just riding tanks so. down the middle of the street. No wonder they made a video people. game based oh, on this with guns. Like, good lord. <laughs> yeah, he's a freaking murderer. He's got a license to kill, and he's using it. <laughs> he's using that license. Holy shit, that's a lot. And it's crazy because I didn't honestly think that Daniel Craig did all that much shooting and killing. So he must have done all that killing in the other films because he didn't do much mm. in Casino. No, he. I don't think he killed two people he, in that movie. Th- maybe. Yeah. Like the people he fought Fuck in the it. hallway, like his average is super low because of that one film. Holy <laughs> crap! Yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And of course, Roger Moore is almost the lowest because all he do is karate chop people, <laughs> chudo chop, and then to fall over. Yeah. Do you count those as deaths? I think they just some make up old guy just hit me in the back. <laughs> he just chopped my shoulder. He had a, like a whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fell over. <laughs> I don't know why I, I fell passed over out from, from it and hit my head on the couch. The couch did more damage <laughs> than the karate chop. Don't fall into that wrong couch, though. It'll swallow you up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh. Well, the next one, we have the Spy Who Loved Most Award. That one is going to Roger Moore. Average of three per movie. Oh, what a <laughs> slut. <sighs> he doesn't have time to kill people. He's sleeping mm-hmm. with all these ladies. So much swag. Is that the See? green bar? Uh, it looks like yeah. Sean is higher, though. That, I think his is like no, 2.9 or something like that. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Too many bars in between. Hard to tell. The, what's this? Cirrhosis. 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 Royal. It's the disease you get when you drink too much alcohol. Cirrhosis of the liver. I've had that a couple times. A couple of times. It got better. <laughs> so, cirrhosis 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 royale award that one goes to daniel craig average of 17 per movie 17 drinks wow wow units wow. of alcohol it says i mean he did kill him in casino yeah. he, he yeah put him he put him away they, i think that's probably where he that yeah. one went up <laughs> He's like shaking, not just set the yeah. container right there. I'll finish off the port myself. <laughs> and I can't remember if it's Skyfall, but there's the one where he's got like the the uh, scorpion on him, and he keeps taking. You got to keep taking shots to like oh, win yeah. that game or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, 
he's like in that bar with the scorpions. I can't remember. I think it's guy. Yeah, Fall. it was down in one of those like Central American or South America mm-hmm. places where he has to, you know, you keep drinking and the last person has to like eat or swallow the scorpion or whatever out of the shot glass. Yeah. Good old drinking games. You definitely get cirrhosis of the mm-hmm. liver from doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next category, you only bond once award. <laughs> This one, of course, goes to George Lazenby for his one movie. Because he only mm-hmm. bonded once. Next is our Bond Another Day Award. This one goes to Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, so that's, uh, there's a little thing on the next slide. Timothy Dalton was up for the role in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, but he thought himself too young and did not wish to follow Connery. He would decline the role again in 1979, the year Moonraker was released, as he did not like the direction the series was taking, but obviously he eventually did take the role for License to Kill or Living Daylights, whichever one came first. Uh, Pierce Brosnan became the frontrunner for the Living Daylights after Timothy Dalton could not take the part due to his commitment to Brenda Starr. However, Brosnan's option to star in further seasons of Remington Steel was taken up by NBC, and Eon Productions refused to ha- have him do both Remington Steel and Bond at the same time. Fortuitously, Dalton became freed up and just in time and re-accepted the role, and then Pierce Brosnan would take the role a few years later. Oh, interesting. Hmm. And then last but not least, we have the Doe Raker Award. This one goes to Daniel Craig. As we mentioned, his movies have made the most on average, even with inflation. And then we can see it averages $820 million per film uh, with only the four films. Uh, the fifth film might have an effect if because it's, it's re- releasing during this time. I don't know how well it'll do if it'll uh, make less money and drag him down a little bit because of like COVID protocols and whatnot. But we shall see. Next up is Sean Connery. He's pretty close with his six movies at seven hundred and twenty-four million per, on average. Is that the worldwide numbers? I can't remember. Wow! If Laser Beams <laughs> did any more films, that was crazy amount of money just for the one film. The one, yeah. Wowzers! People wanted to see, like, oh, what's this new yeah. guy got? <laughs> and, of course, if he did stick her out and do it, it probably would have tanked a little bit more. Um, and at that time, like, home movies didn't, or, like, you couldn't watch them. If, it, if you didn't see it in the theater, you yeah, weren't going to see true. it. it was, you couldn't get it on, like, VHS. You couldn't watch it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. I think we need a beer, guys. I think we do. Yeah, let's take a little beer break. Uh, for our beer break, we have... Beer number two of the Lava Flow, and this one is the Strawberry and Pink Guava, part of the Lava Flow 2021 anniversary beer from Two Toms. The second half to the Lava Flow that we're going to be drinking a little bit later, Um, but if you're just checking us out now, which I don't know why you would come into the middle of the episode, we had the beer one about an hour ago, and this has been sitting out here for about an hour, so we'll see if this has any bearing on the flavor, <laughs> uh, but we shall just, uh, we'll, we'll go from there. The can is very similar to the previous one, but it's got the pink background. It's a mirror image, actually, so uh, it's mm-hmm. flip-flopped 
the glass is on the left side now, and it's filling up with a red reddish liquid. Then we see strawberries guava. and pink um, guava. What's that? A guava Fruit, I think. and a, a pear. They look like pears, but they're just guavas. Okay, I've never actually seen um, a guava before. Yeah, I don't. I can't picture one. And then we got the same kind of background as we do before with the uh, like little sketches of the palm it's trees and pink. whatnot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I like how they uh, paired mm-hmm. up these cans. They make for a really good picture. And, of course, the glass on the side is half full or half empty, depending on how you feel <laughs> about that. The the beer color. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the beer color. It's um, it's kind of mucky. It does. Yeah. Murky, Lake water. Pink, weird color. Yeah, we might have to dip into our sour colors because our sours kind of ah. like leak into this color. But I really don't know if we even have a color that would represent this that well. Not really. Yeah, we don't do anything murky. Exactly like this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's find something red. But we don't really. Yeah, we literally don't have anything like this. We had a, some red. Or we had some pinks, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. There's some kind of pinkier and marooner well, colors, but none of them really look like this. It, yeah. I don't even want to give it a color. Like Hellboy's fist is like the closest thing, too, but that's too dark. Yeah, dark. I was thinking like Ness's hat, but then like not even close. It's it's cl- maybe, maybe uh, Batwoman's weave down at the end where the light hits it. <laughs> it's not even like part of what we're looking right. at, but the light reflects on the the tips <laughs> of the hair. It's obnoxious, but there's definitely a unique color. And I don't know, maybe depending on your screen resolution, what your cheap cheap looks like. Nope, still doesn't. I'm flipping all my monitors. Still looks the same. Can't even. Yeah. Maybe on this screen over here, my third monitor. No, not even close. I, we don't have a color. It's a unique color. I do like the color. It's definitely pure strawberry. Oh, I like that for sure. Yeah. And it looks thick, thicker than right. the previous one. Um, there's a lack of smell to it, from from what i can tell i don't know if i can i don't know what guava's supposed to taste like but i'm definitely not smelling strawberry there's it's kind of like a pale pale smell if i shake it up a little bit i get a little bit of mm-hmm. the strawberry i can get the strawberry guava, it's one yeah. of my favorite fruits i can smell it it's like a, almost a s- strawberry jam yeah mm-hmm. there's a if you, if you have the can in front of you there's like a little bit of like a i don't know like a a, a soury Kind of fruit type of smell to it, like kind of kind of herby from like the hops, but also kind of like sour yeah. smell. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm missing. Maybe I don't have enough room to waft, so I don't know. Maybe I'll yeah, waft this smell later. <laughs> suck, suck it down. Yeah, give it a little, then, little taster to see. I definitely enjoy this one more yes. than the yeah. coconut overload. Even though it is on very the warmer sweet. side, it's still very good. Yeah. yeah, there's that same aspect that I was describing in the other beer, where it's very smooth, but also very thick. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a thick smooth, mm-hmm. where it just goes down really well. Um, and I still get that like the the taste of like the sour notes from the the guava. I'm thinking is what I smelled was sour. It kind of has like that mm, taste, but it's not sour at all. Like you can have the, right. those notes, but it's it's not tarty. It's not. It doesn't do anything to it. It just have like that flavor. I'm still kind of missing the strawberry flavor, and I guess I could taste that Jan that you're saying. That kind of has that kind of taste, but it's way more yes. enjoyable. 
as a standalone than the so. other beer. Yeah, I think the lactose or whatever it is in there makes takes away from the sour and just makes it to more get that of like true a creamy, milkshake delicious IPA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts, Pale? You've been quiet. Is this um, just strawberry and pink guava? Yeah. All right. And, and some pears for a second. Yeah. So do. Yeah. So do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what we were I saying. think um, also has some lactose in it, so somewhat of a milky flavor too. I would assume that's how they got the yeah. milkshake in it. It must right. have something. Um, Untap is also going to be very uneventful for us because, of course, they added this later. Uh, 23 total check-ins, given this one at 3.67 overall rating. And it looks like the same people who checked in the other one checked this one in. So really, the only one I care about reading would be the only person who wrote something, which is Mike S. <laughs> and he wrote, ice cream, strawberry flavor. But some off notes on the back end on this one, too. So probably doesn't know what a guava tastes like. I have a feeling some people were checking this in as scrolling through. They checked this in as the mixed one. Because, uh, like, double A here, far right, strawberry probably. guava, coconut. I'm like, there is no coconut in this. So he must have had the mixed no. one. <laughs> it's possible. So I think this rating is rather skewed. I just found a couple more. Love this beer. Very tropical with several fruits and coconut. Sorry, Beverly. You checked in the wrong one. No, you're <laughs> in the wrong place. This one doesn't really have that strong of flavor. It's very tame compared to the other one. But I'm hoping they kind of work together to bring each other, like the best parts okay. of each other out. I worry that coconut's just going to take over right. and that's all I'm we're also doing. worried that we bricked it by having it sit out for so long. Yeah, it's pretty warm. We should probably speed this up. <laughs> Throw it in the fridge. and I'm good with that. 100% all right with that. I'll put the yeah, the mix in the and fridge. Then we'll get back to it in yeah. an hour. <laughs> Four episodes <Pretty> later. <laughs> oh, shit. Forgot. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and check this in, in much better than the coconut one. Not overwhelming strawberry flavor, but still smooth. I, I was reading that as I was typing it, so I figured I wasn't going to read it twice. Mm-hmm. And I can't spell flavor. What, what was I your number? I gave it a 375. Because it is better than the other one, and I gave the other one a three and a half. I gave this one a 4.25. I enjoyed it a lot more than the other one. I think the fruit are uh, there enough they're not overpowering I like that the the uh, lactose or whatever the milkshake aspect evens it out and just makes it uh, just like a nice little treat like a little dessert mm-hmm. I gave it a 4 out of 5 uh, so better than the the coconut um, curious to see if it made any difference if it was a little colder because it did sit out and get warm but uh not very heavy on strawberry, um, so that was pretty pleasant. It was uh, seemed like the pink guava and strawberry mixed very well together. Um, very had that milky milkshake taste, uh, which I really liked. And we're getting so close to the mix, I'm kind of getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agreed with Saf on this. I gave it a four point two five. Love the strawberry in this, and no coconut, so that. That bumped it up like 0.25. Um, a very smooth milkshake IPA. The flavors, however, are a little lacking. 
as uh, we had said, that it's not as strong as I was kind of hoping. Um, as a strawberry, yeah. It, as I love strawberries, I'm like, I wish there was a little bit more to this. But I think he made it that reason to mix that way. So because it is made to be mixed. But as a standalone beer, it's not very strong. Um, but it's very smooth and it'll go down easy. So it, it probably wouldn't turn a whole lot of people away who don't like the strong flavor of something. So it's good. I like it. It's good. It's very good. So we take this time to hear from Keith to tell us about our social medias. I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right. Our next award that we have is I Expect You to Die Award. For the best villain, we have Blofeld. Blofield? Blofeld. 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 In multiple films. It was the original basis for Dr. Evil. Uh, we have O'Rourke mm-hmm. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Francisco Scaramanga from The Man with the Golden Gun. Christopher Lee, also. We have Max Zorin from A View to a Kill. <laughs> and <laughs> Alec Trevlin um, for England James. And Raul Silva from Skyfall. That dude, he was a scary dude. Ooh, he was creepy, creepy. but... Yeah, it's that's yeah. what made it scary. It's like I don't know how I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. in many ways. <laughs> that dude's such a great actor. Oh, yeah. All these guys are pretty great actors in this category. Yeah, it's a tough. I mean, Blofeld is obvious choice because he's in so many movies. He's like the ultimate. Right, Christopher Lee uh, as Francisco Scaramanga is like the ultimate bad guy in a lot of movies. Yeah. Oh, and so's uh, and his metal band too. Scene Bean, Sean Bean. He's like forever like bad guy. Yeah, he's all vibes, yeah. dies and everything. And our winner is Electric King from The World Is Not Enough. Surprise, surprise. She <laughs> Hold on. How did she win this one? She wasn't Yeah, what? Good. She wasn't nominated. She pretends it's a surprise, just like her uh-huh. reveal that she's the She villain pretends the to be the victim most of the movie, but she is the real evil mastermind. She is kidnapped by Renard, going so far as to mutilate her own ear so Renard could send it to her father as a warning. She convinces Renard to blow up her family's oil pipeline so he can take the fall while she becomes Bond's lover to further throw off suspicion. When Renard publicly threatened to destroy the pipeline, however, she kidnaps M, who she blamed for her father's betrayal and not paying her ransom years earlier. Her plan was minutes away from completion when Bond stormed her hideout. I remember that scene. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> Where she's choking. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is not even close to real at all. But If, the, if it was Daniel Craig, That's he would true. laugh. Oh, choke me harder, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the whole world will know you died scratching my balls. <laughs> The Plan Is Not Enough Award for Worst Plan. 
Blofeld from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. His plan was to create a food shortage so that the government will pardon him for his crimes, even though he had already had plastic surgery to look like a different person and has <laughs> the ability to brainwash people. <laughs> Mr. Big from Live and Let Die. His plan was to get people hooked on heroin by giving away free samples, and then he uh, put his competition out of business. Just basically just small scale what really happens. <laughs> Carl Stromberg from The Spy Who Loved Me. His plan was to start a nuclear war so the Earth is destroyed and people will move to his underwater city. What a nutball. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Carver, Tomorrow Never Dies. His plan is to start World War Three so he can get broadcast rights in China. He just wants to have his news be popular <laughs> overseas. Uh, Gustav Graves from Die Another Day. His idea is to start a war in korea in order to create peace eventually and then raul silva from skyfall his plan is to leak a list of mi6 agents so bond will track him down and he can get caught and then he can escape in order just to kill m instead of just like sneaking up on her on the street and killing her a lot easier A lot of these people go to great lengths to do such little. Yeah, uh, what's not mentioned here is Gustav Graves is actually Korean. Yes. <laughs> and he goes through some reconstructive surgery to change, yeah. to look like a white yeah. dude. Um, so the winner is Carl Stromberg because his idea of destroying most of the world through nu- nuclear war will leave very few people to move to his underwater city city and toppling all governments will make money pretty much useless so what does he gain having homeless injured and likely radiated people come live with him <laughs> and his base wasn't even underwater it was partially underwater but like most of it was above well it could raise an uh, somehow yeah. it was still weird <laughs> silly dude right it was absolutely batshit crazy all right, the author of All Your Pain Award, the best Blowfield. So the first one is the cat from <laughs> Russia with Love and Thunderball, because you don't actually see his face. You don't know who he is. Number two, you only live twice. You have Donald Pleasance. He's got the patented scar across the face. Um, the, the, what you pretty much think of when you think of like a Dr. Mm-hmm. Evil or a Blowfield is mm-hmm. a scar. You have Telly Selvis. Savalas. 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 Who's on the Her Majesty's Secret Service, the most normal looking bald one. <laughs> um, then you have Charles Gray, which is the one that I remember the most from Diamond, other than Christopher, Christoph Waltz, obviously, but from Diamonds Are Forever, the full head of hair, cool-looking dude, Blofeld boy. Uh, number five, for your eyes only, uncredited, you just kind of get a glimpse of who he is or what he's supposed to kind of look like. Then you get scooped up and thrown down a chimney. <laughs> yep. On a, like, was a wheelchair or something? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you have the uh, stepbrother or br- half-brother, Christoph Waltz, uh, spoiler alert, Inspector and No Time to Die. That was a weird, that was weird. Which, what's the, weird? the Christoph Waltz step, or half-brother, step-brother. Yeah, I did not like that. It's because f- of the, the whole freaking Austin Powers thing where yeah. 
you find out Doctor Evil is mm-hmm. Austin Powers' half brother, and then they freaking turn the Made joke around real. and then do it themselves years later. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? That is super weird. I don't know. However, the winner is Mister Scarface himself, Donald Pleasance. A long but interesting story about Blowfield. <sighs> Lots of words. Let's go. <laughs> the character originated in Longitude seventy eight. A 1959 screenplay by Bond author Ian Fleming and screenwriter Kevin McClory. The script, that script was intended to be the first 007 film until producers Robert, or what was his name? Chubby? Cubby Broccoli and Harry Saltzman chose to shoot Dr. No. But Fleming liked Blowfield so much he decided to turn Latitude, or sorry, Longitude 78 into a novel retitled Thunderball. That's when McClory started filing lawsuits. In 1963, he settled with Fleming and the Bond producers for damages and a producing credit on the Thunderball film, which uh, actually created even more problems. The deal stipulated that the rights of Thunderball and the characters would revert fully to McClory after 10 years, which is how he produced Warner Bros. Never Say Never Again, and 1983's uh, veritable scene-for-scene remake of Thunderball. Interesting. And nearly launched a competing 007 franchise with Sony in 1990s until the court stopped him. Aw, James Bond was stopped (laughs) by them? (laughs) Even after McClory's death in 2006, Blofeld remained in legal limbo until 2015 when a new deal between MGM and... The Bond people in McClory's hair cleared the path for Waltz to portray Blofeld and Spectre. I knew that there was legal trouble as to why there couldn't be a Blofeld. This entire thing is like really weird. Yeah, it's like somebody else actually invented the character, but Ian Fleming, with Ian Fleming, so then he got rights to him. And yeah, it's just Mm. a huge mess. So at what point was this uh, film supposed to be Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? And like when they started making the film, like a post from the book or the book had the original title, like, yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Interesting. But yeah, he's for sure. Definitely the, the Blofeld I remember the most with the scar. He's, he's the mm-hmm. one that usually and everyone like models a Blofeld after. Exactly. Like, um, with uh, Dr. Evil, like making that pop culture relevant. Right. Or with, um, was that Mr. Gadget? Well, he also had the, cat but still like <laughs> claw yeah claw is, i guess his name yeah but yeah there you go donald pleasance hmm. our next category is the hazardous helper award the best henchman <laughs> Ooh, so many good ones our first nominee is odd job mm-hmm. from goldfinger red grant from russia with love mr wint and mr kid Dustin's favorite. Yeah. Fuck Diamonds are forever. <laughs> I only put them on there for that. Nobody likes them. Like me. <laughs> um, Baron. Samedi. Samedi. Live and let die. Knickknack. From the man with the golden gun. And Jaws. Richard. The spy who loved me. Moonraker. Richard Keel. Yeah. <laughs> Whoop. 
It's my choice. Yeah. Lots my of good vote, choices there. My vote's Mr. Witt and Mr. Kid. Yeah. I know. I, I'm outvoted. I am a huge <laughs> fan of either Oddjob or Knickknack. Like, Oddjob was always the character that I would pick other than Boris and uh, the free-for-all four-player <laughs> Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Um, we would always ban him from playing because he's shorter than everyone else. Short. And it's a <laughs> it's a f- unfair advantage if you get that character. <laughs> mm-hmm. But definitely the the scene in um, the Man with the Golden Gun where Knickknack basically runs the show. That's the best part. Big f- yeah, he's a very memorable guy just because he's the only little guy in the it's whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Who do we got, Pale? The winner is... Jaws, played by Richard Keel in two films. Jaws is one of the most popular James Bond henchmen and a recurring character in the James Bond video video games. He is a highly skilled killer, relying on his brute strength and steel teeth to quickly dispatch his victims. Uh, there's that picture, N64 Jaws. <laughs> they even bring him back in the Everything or Nothing video game. And mm-hmm. where you play as Pierce Brosnan in like an original storyline and you have to fight Jaws at one point. Oh, I actually thought it was the, the Daniel Craig one where he has like the dream flashbacks of like four different ones. I'm guessing he's probably in that one too. Yeah. Yeah. But I have not played that. All right. Our next award is the Talking About the Bad Girls Award, the Best Femme Fatale. We have Sylvia Trench from Dr. No. Pussy Galore from Goldfinger, Fiona Volpe or Volpe from Thunder Volpe. Volpe from Thunderball, Anya Amasova from The Spy Who Loved Me, Mayday from A View to a Kill, and Zina Onatop from Goldeneye. If uh, Keith remembers, that's where she gets her name on a top. <laughs> on a top. I got it. <laughs> 20 years later, figured it out. I think uh, Sylvia Trench is a pretty dirty name, too, if you call a vagina a trench. Yeah. Mm. That was the, the carryover <laughs> to the next film, right? She was the one that he... I believe so, yeah. yeah. Of course, you dirty dog. Uh, Mayday <laughs> always scared me. Yeah. Because she can literally pick people up and throw them. Yeah. Versus she's a pretty powerful lady. But of course, I'm going to have to go with Jean Grey. I mean, sorry, Xena over the top. <laughs> yeah. And the winner is? The winner is, uh, Dustin was correct, Xena on a top. As we can see in this photo, played by actress <laughs> Femke Jensen. She was a fighter pilot and assassin with the trademark thigh grip, working for the renegade agent Alec Trevelin. She also had a terrific name and a memorable death with a one-liner from Bond. Oh, yeah. And she gets thigh strangled she, by those trees that she, yep. the helicopter pulls her through. And I remember, she always liked a good squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, let's go to the I've Been Expecting You Award for Best Bad Guy Lair. Got the hollowed out volcano from You Only Live Twice, Thai Island from The Man with the Golden Gun, Atlantis, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker from the movie Moonraker, the Zoran's Blimp from A View to a Kill, and the Ice Hotel from Die Another Day. Yeah, so the Atlantis uh, is the one I was talking about with the the stupid, like, watery 
yeah. thing. It looks like a crab out in the water. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a black mantis or whatever from the Aquaman movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His big helmet head thing. Not that I've seen the movie. I just know what the character looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know if I agree with any of these things. I think the Dr. No underwater place was, or like offshore rig, uh, looks like he was in a, you know, uh, Ikea uh, layer. It was like my favorite place. Yeah. Um, but if I had to choose from here, I think like aesthetically, I think the Ice Hotel was cool. Uh, but <laughs> until it melted. Until it melted. But I think Thai Island was. Even better because it looked awesome on the outside, but then once you're inside, it's like like a place built into this island. Yeah, that one's cool. It's like a little fun house in there too, and there's a bunch of like weird Bond mm-hmm. memorabilia because he's like only his only plan is to kill Bond. There's only thing he wants to do in life. Right. Okay. The winner is the Hollowed Out Volcano. It it's the headquarters for Spectre and the launch site for the Bird One spacecraft. This is the first over-the-top Bond villain lair to appear in the films and really set up the trope for the movies going forward. So it's the first, like, crazy thing. (laughs) And then they kind of keep doing, like, crazier and crazier things from there. So that's why that one wins. And it's also in the Austin Powers franchise kind of mimicked. At one point, Dr. Evil has a hollowed-out volcano with his face on it. Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, of course, you can see it because it's in a volcano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, titles are forever award. The best movie titles. This one seems complicated. Um, so this is just a list of the titles. I figured I, I didn't pick a winner, actually. I just figured we'll discuss if we anybody has a favorite title. Okay. And then there's hmm. this common title words section which shows like die is used four times gold is used three times live three times loved i and kill are used two times hmm. nice interesting yeah so if you've listened to any of our episodes uh for the past, this entire month you should have heard all the titles before so i'm not even going to bother yeah, you reading read them um i think the ones that i liked the most were probably the gold ones the so Goldfinger, gold Man with the Golden yeah. Gun, Golden Eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably like my favorite subset. I mean, Kill seemed a little bit like obnoxious. I think Li- yeah. you know, Liv did as well. Die's been overused so many times. Mm-hmm. And that's the new one, too. So, yeah. I guess No could be on here, too, because Dr. No and No Time to Die. Right. That was used twice. It's true. Yeah. I do like the ones that were kind of spy related, too. Like for your eyes only, or like Honor Secret or Honor Majesty's Secret Service, or mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like those little titles, like Casino Royale, things like that. Those are always interesting. The ones that kind of had like the play on words and like the repeatable titles were kind of, kind of got old. Kind of, it's hard for me to remember which ones are which. The you know, trying to remember these titles, mm-hmm. the ones when they're so similar to yeah, the ones that you have to right, the ones with like the specific names. Moonraker, I get that one. Uh, Octopussy, I get that one. Um, but uh, of the groupings, I did like the golden ones a lot better. Yeah, I think I actually agree with you. I, I was initially thinking live and let die because it has live and die in it, and those are two major words, mm-hmm. but it really has nothing to do with the movie. Mm-hmm. It, like, it, any any of the movie could be called that. Mm-hmm. So, the Goldfinger, Golden Eye, right. Man with a Golden Gun, those are all specific to like a character or a thing in the movie. Right. 
So the winner is what is this every every James Bond spoken title? It's just a video with the people actors in the movie saying the title. Oh, well in the movie, yeah. What else do we know about this Chinese gentleman? Nothing much except his name, Doctor No. Goldfinger, Thunderball. You only live twice, Mister Bond. Her Majesty's Secret Service. The man with the golden gun. Moonraker. License to kill. Goldeneye. The world is not enough. Die another day. Casino Royale. Skyfall. Spectre. <laughs> that was great. Sorry, no, I had to watch. Yeah, it. you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't have an award winner, but I think the I think the golden. One. I'm gonna stick to the golden titles. <laughs> the winner is gold. Baby. I love I love gold. <laughs> Everything I touch turns to gold. <laughs> that pro- probably also has a lot to do with it. That movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Gold member even rips that right, yeah. off. <laughs> I love this next one. Shaken, not stirred award. The Bond's best drink. The nominees You don't are... have to read the ingredients. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a lot, but. I think people understand if they really care, they'll look up the drink. Uh, the first one is the Vesper Martini. Second, the Mint Julep. Three is the Cognac. Fourth is Rum Collins. Fifth is the Bud with a Lime. Oh, do read the ingredients for that one and the next one. The Bud with the Lime? Yeah. Uh, bad beer with a Lime Slice. <laughs> <laughs> And then the Heineken, a bottle of bad beer. <laughs> Even that picture that we have of Daniel Craig it's drinking so bad. Heineken, he's he just, not a he does not want it. He's like, this is, I think that's for a Heineken ad, like official it Heineken is. ad. He does not want to be drinking it. <laughs> he looks miserable. <laughs> Yeah, I think the the overall like consensus as to which one is the best is has to be the martini. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, shaking that stirred is like the whole. It's named the category and it's what's said most, and it's always ordering a vanti- a martini. Mm-hmm. And does he look like he gives a damn? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the winner is the Vesper Martini. The drink was invented and named by Ian Fleming in the 1953 James Bond novel Casino Royale. In the book, Bond names the drink the Vesper. At the time of his first introduction to the beautiful Vesper, Lind, he asked her name in an interrogation indirect. I can't drink the health of your new frock without knowing your Christian name. After learning her name, Bond decides that it is perfect for his recently invented cocktail he tells vesper that his search for a name is over if she will permit him to name the drink after her so yeah i mean it's a uh drink that's invented by bond so obviously it has to be the winner (laughs) yes it sounds the most delicious in my opinion i don't know the bad beer and lime (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was going to say we should all drink Vesper martinis for this episode, but that would have been a bit much to 
yeah. buy all those ingredients for one drink. One drink? Ugh. Especially with three ounces of gin. I, I would <laughs> I would keep pouring. Kinda <laughs> sworn off the gin. I would have had the entire thing. Uh, from Russia with puns award is our next one. <laughs> oh, these are great. You have to see these. We have to post these somewhere. These are the best one liner awards. Um, I don't know where these movies are from, so you guys will have to chime in. But the first one we have here, it looks like old Sean Connery. We have, I think they were on their way to a funeral. <laughs> After they, he just knocked him off a cliff. Yeah. Then we have underneath that, where's your butler friend? Oh, he blew a fuse mm-hmm. as he was being electrocuted. Is that odd job? Yeah, it's odd job. Yep. With the hat. Yep. It's gold finger. It's gold finger, yeah. And then we have, is anything the matter, sir, Hillary? Just a slight stiffness coming on. It's <laughs> like <laughs> a girl rubbing his leg. Boner. Is there time before we go for the lesson, before we go for lesson number three? Absolutely. There's no sense going in, going off half cocked. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember this one. I think he's attempting re-entry. Yeah. I think that one's said by Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah, it is. Uh, Moonraker. <laughs> he's on the the escape pod floating back yeah. to Earth. Yeah. yeah. We have, looks like he came to a dead end. What one's that from? I can't tell. Is that Roger no, Moore? I think so. It sounds like a Roger Moore line. It's definitely not a, a sex-positive one from Sean Connery, <laughs> so probably. Yeah. I remember this one. I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sakes, Christmas oh. Jones. <laughs> Christmas Jones. Ah. It's a myth anyways. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> the last one, Bond coming back to the table in Casino Royale. That last hand nearly killed me. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get a lot of puns in his movie, oh, so like, that's like one of the only. The winner is a video. A clip, a, a clip from Robot Chicken. A clip from Robot hmm. Chicken. We have... I was wrong about you, Christmas Jones. How so? Well, I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> Oh, James. There he is. Oh, I heard you saved the world. Okay. So you're Christmas Jones, huh? <laughs> I can't believe you're tapping that. Sorry to break it to you, boys. Miss Jones is already yesterday's news. This is me up on the left. Oh, that's odd. I'd have thought you'd lived on 34th Street. Oh, right, because of my name. <laughs> All right, love. Time to dick your halls. <gasps> Could you maybe stop doing the pun thing? Well, I can't believe I made it this far into Christmas without wrapping my present. What? Oh, wait a second. I'm not on the pill. <laughs> well, I hope you've been dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a headache. So, uh, when do I get to meet your friends? Uh... So I said, I thought Christmas only came once a year. Look at that. Well... Yeah, he's got a really cool car. You're breaking up with me. What's wrong with you, James? Maybe it's just an age thing. What, you think I'm too old for Christmas? (laughs) If that helps you, yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is uncomfortable. (laughs) God, this is sad. So I just looked at her and I said... Well, I'm sorry, dear, but I'm canceling Christmas. Oh, you die. You're always helping and dumping. You're the best, James. Uh, you know me. <laughs> now, gotta be changed. 
God, that's so sad. So Christmas once a year. All right. Uh, next up for your ears only. The best theme song, and the winner is Live and Let Die. If you want to know why, check out episode 222, where we ranked all of the opening credit theme songs and to hear our opinions on this song. That's it. Okay. Uh, We also had this one for episode 223, I believe, a view to a film award, and the winner is Goldeneye. You check out that episode... I believe that's the only one of these that are not posted to both. So you just check it out on the Drink In Geek Out only. Uh, it has our full ranking of all the films and what we thought and how we broke them down and how crazy intense Dustin went into it and how not so crazy intense Keith went into it. <laughs> and then we came pretty much to the same conclusion that GoldenEye is the best <laughs> <Yep>. film. <laughs> <laughs> crazy how that worked out. You oh, know? that's funny. Uh, that's boy. my movie poster. I have that hanging up at my wall. Oh, nice. That's awesome. But that leads us up to the last beer break. Dun, 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 dun. This is the combo. We've been having this one sit we are. in our refrigerator for the last 40 minutes. So it should have cooled things down cooled up. a little bit. Uh, before we jump into that, we have the Lava Flow combo. So beer one, which is the banana, coconut, pineapple, blended together with beer two, which was the strawberry and pink guava. So give us five minutes. You won't even notice, but we'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. <laughs> and my, yeah, right. The glass feels cold. So hopefully the beer is cold. It's colder. Cold, mm-hmm. yes. it, it could, it could be colder. Okay. So, uh, no, no can discussion. We've already done that in the yep. earlier parts. So let's just go. Hopefully these got mixed up a little bit so we can do our little sniff test really well. What about the color? Yes, that too. It looks combination. <laughs> it, it's less pink. Yeah. So we might actually be able to do this. Lighter pink. I was kind of thinking we we're going to skip it, but it didn't actually take over. It blended pretty well. I think it's a slightly darker orange than what we had before. Yeah, it's still kind of uh, milky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did make it milkier. Mm-hmm. And I would go up like a few dials or a few mar- dot uh, numbers. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm thinking Morph Ball. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. That's yeah. probably the closest that we're going to get to a color without actually having like this color. Because it definitely is unique. I don't really know like what we can say kind of looks like this. Yeah. It still has a little hue to it that... It's not quite that, but I think mm-hmm. that at least puts you in a... There's like a shade of pink that just kind of floating around in there, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to tell. All right. Yeah. You were sniffing it, and I interrupted. I did, because I was doing it out of order. But it's definitely coconut. Yeah. Still on still yeah, the, the sunscreen. Yeah, that... <laughs> it's not as intense That's as true. before. Yeah, but... there's a little bit more sweetness to it, but it's still just pretty much an overpowering coconut. The more I shake it up, the more I get some other notes. But yeah, um, what are you guys tasting? Well, I do have a confession to make. When I was Uh-oh. pouring mine, I kind of poured a little extra strawberry into it because <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit left in the can, you. and I'm like, you know what? Let's top this off because I've had this mixed before, and I just yeah. wanted to see if it would make a and difference because perf- I've yeah. had it before normally mixed, so I wanted to. Add a little twist. That's fair. If if I had known, I probably would have done the same thing. I think it would taste better with a little less coconut. Mm-hmm. So, 
Fair. <laughs> the oh. coconut's still pretty powerful, but I think this version is much better yes. than number one. Yeah. I think it could still come down a little bit, the coconut, but um, the mm. strawberry definitely came in and was like, nope, I'm going to have a presence here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of like bitterness from both the beers coming right mm-hmm. in to this. Uh, it, it's almost like it kind of amplifies it. Like you have a little bit from the one, you have a little bit from the other, kind of mixed together. You have a little bit more. You could taste the, I think the guava. I think that's what I can taste. Not so much like the strawberry. I feel like there's a lot of canceling flavors out in this one, but there's like this flavor in the back end that I don't know what it is. So process of elimination kind of makes me think it's a, like a mixture of the, like the coconut and the guava, which if they kind of blend together and make, you know, kind of like a guava coconut baby, it's better than just a straight up coconut thing. But would really have liked the more of the banana strawberry flavor. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to mention we chose lava flow because as we know, the hollowed out volcano it won one of the awards, and there's used to be lava in there, I guess. I would think so, right? <laughs> Keith, you wouldn't have to have untapped. I do, as I'm checking it in at this moment yet again. All right, here we go. Uh, the lava flow comes in at 3.92 out of 132 check-ins. So 3.92, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that is if the people check this one in the proper way. As we had that mix up on the other ones beforehand. Only had one friend try this on tap with me. And I'm sure we'll talk about our experiences a bit later. And I have one friend who is in here with us. (laughs) (laughs) And I tried to get my wife to try it and she absolutely said no way. Where's Mike S? He tried the other two. Did he drink them? I I was looking for him too. (laughs) I was hoping to get a hat trick out of him. Uh, Zane N. had this at Hop Station Craft Bar. I'm not sure what that is. I'll investigate in a second. Uh, he gave it a 425. He said, noses great. Flavors came through. Good drinker. Are you the good drinker? Or is the beer? Is the beer drinking you? <laughs> in Soviet Russia, beer drinks you. And if you had this at like a craft bar, did they have both of these on tap or did it come pre-mixed? I would imagine I don't Tom think he... would send it pre-mixed. Yeah. Um, Zane, I don't want to look up Zane. I want to look at the craft station. Uh, hop station craft bar is a beer bar, bar, cocktail bar. But where are you? Mishawaka. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> Tim B says heavy coconut, not common for IPAs, but I'm sure feeling it. Oh, this one's for you, Dustin. Oh, yeah. Kyle T gave it a four. All he put in his description was hashtag go pack go hashtag CHTV party. Oh, she said TV party. What's his oh, name on there? Okay. Uh, Kyle T. I'll have to look him up. I'll send you. Oh, he's in Fort Wayne. I'll go ahead and send him a friend. Weird. Holy cow. Cheeseheads United. Friends. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Mike D. I hope that's the Mike D we all know and love. Gave this one. Of course. Five out of five. He goes, what? Freaking awesome. Michael! He says... I didn't think it was that good. Freaking awesome, and then he put whores after it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It fits right in with the Bond theme. Uh, 
Alright, let's uh, move on. Did uh, Keith, what did you give it? I will stick with... I did stick with my original ranking, and which is the same as... I didn't realize this, but as what I gave the can number two, the strawberry one, I gave it a 4.25. Um, so when I had this one originally, and I know Dustin can chime in when he... Uh, well, when he says his check-in, but I had this originally on draft first because I didn't go to the Luau um, for his right. anniversary. And um, it was just way too overpowering. I didn't get asked, and I'm very jealous because, Dustin, you said you got asked, did you want a half and of this and this and that? And I just said, give me a pour of the lava flow, and they just automatically, I guess, did half and half. And... Uh, yeah, because other people were asking in front of me, and they're like, yeah, we we mix it together. It's all mixed together. It comes out of the same keg. So I don't know if they did it separate later on or what they did. but um, And it was just... I guess I wonder if maybe people were asking if they could just have it separated. And Yeah, so they, just they might have probably by the time Dustin got there, then they're like, yeah, we should split this up. Maybe that's what they ended up doing. But um, I don't know. It was interesting, and it was very reminiscent of the Blue Hawaiian for sure. Um just kind of an interesting mix together. But now since I poured my own and I told you guys, I put a little bit more strawberry into it. It's a little bit more palatable for me, but still that you can't stop that coconut. There's no stopping it. It is way too overpowering all the way through. So I went ahead and gave it the same ranking as a 4.25. Nice. Um, I gave it a four and a half. And like I said, plenty of times throughout this episode, they did offer it to me in separate. And I think it was what it was. I, Went there a few days after Keith was there, and they were already out of all of their beer, pretty much. Like, they had their party, and when we got there, they literally had nothing on tap. Yeah, they sold Um, out Yeah, it was like the Blue Hawaiian, this Lava Flow, and then like a couple sours, and then they had like five or six empties. And so what they probably did is they threw those kegs on there just to have it. Because he asked me, he's like, do you want a half pour of the lava flow or do you want two of the individuals? So they probably had all three on tap because they had the open lines. And so they needed (laughs) to fill them up. So I was like, absolutely. Give it to me. All of it. Uh, I didn't check in the individuals uh, when I was there. So I think that had a lot to do with my tasting uh, because I... I got I I tried the one I tried the other put them together tried it checked it in and then got another one so I think it kind of been skewed just a little bit based on like what I potentially could have tried or how much I could have poured into it so I don't really want to say that this is definitely a four and a half but uh, for, straight from the tap I thought it was really good uh, and it really yeah, it's a four and a half beer for sure and I don't mind coconut it's just it's, Drinking the other one straight up out of this can was just way too powerful. Mm-hmm. I gave this one a 4.25. Um, so just a tick higher than the strawberry and pink guava, which was can number two. Um, I think the combination worked out pretty well. Um, kind of sad that the banana just completely never showed up, in my opinion. Um, I think that really could have changed this beer. It kind of really helped like balance out that coconut. Um, but you know, not I, it was very drinkable. Uh, I liked the lactose that was added. It had that milky feel or taste 
So uh, I was, it was very good. I gave it a four, um, which I, I kind of put it right in the middle of the two. I've, and I, it's because of that coconut. It I, I like the strawberry one more on its own. Uh, I like the coconut one more with this added to it. So uh, uh, I think that coconut's just too overpowering. I would have probably just put like a splash of that coconut one into the strawberry one, and it would have been pretty good. Just like a hint of coconut rather than it just it just gets overpowering, but it, it's still a fun experiment. And uh, I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we got the Gun Barrel Awards. The man with the golden gun barrel award goes to Casino Royale because it is part of the story of the film. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part of the movie, I think. Yeah, that was. Uh, I watched a video of like, it was like the, the first screening or the premiere or something, and when the gun barrel thing happens and that just the crowd goes wild because they're like, it's so unexpected, and then it's a callback to all the mm-hmm. previous Bonds and like it how they just made it part of the movie. It's it's just very That's exciting, mm-hmm. and a way to like re re-energize the franchise mm-hmm. and then next one we have the dr no thank you award for worst gun barrel goes to die another day because the iconic bond theme is remixed in a horrible way and the bullet flies down the barrel <laughs> it does <laughs> i just watched it yeah weird. <laughs> yeah it's like a weird cgi 3d uh bullet that pierce shoots down the gun barrel of the other gun that's pointing at him it's really dumb i like the concept of that like trying to make it look realistic like, i don't know i kind of like it yeah how would that work like it wouldn't kill the guy like it would not maybe knock the gun out of his hand but there wouldn't be blood coming down yeah. the screen at that point it's really it's just i mean, i get the idea of the bullet coming right. but it wouldn't go down the barrel of the other gun that would like physically impossible yeah <laughs> and then we have the double oh no award goes to bob simmons who portrayed bond in the gun barrel sequence for most of the sean connery films yeah for i think the first four movies sean connery is not doing the gun barrel Jeez. scene it's just some random dude that was there on the set that day, I guess, or something. I don't know why Bob Simmons. I say, I don't like the way he moves. I just watched it. Like he had this awkward jump, like two feet forward, like, aha, like, yeah, no, that's not smooth at all. Kind of side jumps. And then also like the, the panning of the camera with it. And then like, tried to emulate like someone dying with the thing, but that would have like a, a quick drop, not just like a, He's having little jazzy hands dropping the gun right there. Uh, all right. We have a bonus round, gentlemen. Even more mm-hmm. awards to hand out. We have the Okay. We have the Golden Pen Award. And that goes to Ian Fleming, the British writer, journalist, and naval intelligence office who created Bond, writing twelve novels in two short story collections. We had to give the creator of Bond Absolutely. an award. We wouldn't be here today. 
that was one of my late additions. I think I added that last <laughs> week. <laughs> like I've been working on this like off and on for the past like three years. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's why there are so many. Cause I was just like, Oh, here's the one uh, Add another slide. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if you did it all in one week. <laughs> <laughs> the pepper of solace award goes to sheriff john w pepper because i wanted to give an award to the worst <laughs> reoccurring character in the series uh, i remember my first bond award goes to barry nelson who was the first actor to portray bond in the 1954 episode of climax <laughs> titled Casino Royale. I think he was actually called Jimmy Bond in that because it was an American, but yeah. still. He kind of looks like the, the goofy-ass Bob Simmons from the Gun Bear. Yeah. <laughs> the Stan Lee Award goes to movie producer Michael G. Wilson for having a cameo in every Bond movie since 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, my. We don't have to read through this whole list, but there's every scene where he appears. He is even in the first Bond movie as a soldier at Fort Knox, which is on here. It's at the very bottom of the screen. It's very hard to see him. He's like a little soldier. Oh, my God. But I I, I just grabbed some screen grabs of where he's appeared in a number of That's films. So cool. And uh, I guess in the past couple, or at least Inspector, his son was with him i think he's preparing to have his son take over because now he's like super old and and cameo in the movies going forward that's cool hmm i had no idea excelsior that is neat excelsior (laughs) if you learn his face you'll start to recognize him he's usually just in the background like handing a paper to like m or something just sitting at a table but it's kind of fun to be like, oh, there he is. I found him. <laughs> like a little. Uh, now I want to go back and rewatch all Waldo. these to find him. <laughs> you gave me motivation to go back and watch these. <laughs> well, I get, also told you exactly That's where true. he is. Fast forward. <laughs> yeah, I definitely am going to rewatch the newer ones before yep. the before I go check out the other mm-hmm. one. That's being released. Yeah, I, plan, yep. I plan to see No Time to Die when it in theaters when it comes out in a f- week or two i have not done the theaters yet so i don't know if i'm gonna do it i might i'll sneak up there in the corner all alone go to a matinee there's nobody well at least at the theater across the street there's never anybody matinee on a weekday yeah shit nobody even on the weekend i yeah i saw shang chi the weekend it came out and it was like a one o'clock showing and there was like six other people in there Hmm. wow it still made like what 80 million yeah People don't go during the day to movies. They all go at night. Yep, true. But that will do it for the Golden Gun Awards. Hopefully you enjoyed this uh, look back throughout the history of Bond. If there's anything we left out, I don't think Sean Connery got an award. That's surprising. But uh, the the Rapey Rape Award, maybe. This show does not tolerate rapists, so... <laughs> Very proud of us. There's a lot of things we don't tolerate, and rape is like number one. <laughs> <in that> list. <laughs> yes. All right. Until next time. Drink up. Shaken, uh, not stirred. Uh, oh. <laughs>
Geek out. Geek out. Geek out. Dana. Digo will return.